This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you. You are more than able to make us what you want us to be. In this confidence, therefore, we come before your word and we ask that by your spirit, guide us into your truth. By your spirit, help us to be what you want us to be. We are submitted and yielded to you. Father, stretch forth your hands to heal and to deliver. Break every yoke, set captives free. Cause light to come into our darkness that we may rejoice and give praise to your name. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as we yield to your leadership. Lead us that we may follow as the Lord has ordained for our lives. We humbly submit to you. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I just have some 15 minutes or 20 minutes to share the word of God with you. What time is it now? 12.09. Now somebody must be told that I like my time 30 minutes added on. In other words, when it's 12 o'clock, I want you to make it 12.30. Even though I know it has a good effect on me. I know that time is 30 minutes ahead, but it still works favorably to make me keep to time. So please, those who keep the time, I don't like the correct time. I like 30 minutes ahead. So in my car, when you're sitting right now, it's about 30 minutes ahead. Somehow it works. I know it's 30 minutes ahead, but it works. It works when I'm not conscious of it. It tells me I need to move. Then, after I realized that I still have some 30 minutes, but I would have started moving already. Amen. Good. So, I want us to go to our favorite verse. Which verse by now we should have memorized if we were serious in church. So, the favorite verse is Acts chapter what? Acts chapter 26. Verse number 18. To turn them from darkness, to open their eyes, and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God. I just like it. This is a story of Paul explaining to his audience in this particular case is King Agrippa. Why he's doing what he's doing. But in the process, he gives us an insight into God's agenda for you and for me. 
I said, into, it gives us an insight into God's agenda for you and for me. According to the instruction that was given to Paul, we the Gentiles are in darkness, not knowing the true and the living God. So the duty of Paul is to open our eyes. And with our eyes open, we will see the difference between the light and darkness. And by his work as an apostle, will direct our hearts to have faith in Jesus. And this faith in Jesus as the Son of God is going to bring us to a place of forgiveness of our sins and an inheritance which belongs to those that have faith in Jesus. But the best of them for me is to set us free from the power of Satan. Hallelujah. So, remember this. Remember this. The end point of salvation Listen carefully. The end point of salvation, your salvation, my salvation, is not the forgiveness of our sins. If you understand what is the end point, in other words, in other words, the real goal of God for sending Jesus to come and die for you and for me. It's not so that your sins will be forgiven, but so that you'll be free from the power of Satan. This is important. Why? Because you see, when you miss the end point, you will declare the race over when there's still some few laps to go. And this is very important. And since I understood this, every time, every time, when I am engaging myself in anything, the first question I ask myself is, under whose power is this work that I'm doing? So when I'm quarreling with you, or if I'm quarreling with you, I should ask myself, which power is making me quarrel with you? Is it the power of Satan or the power of God? Because under God's power, I don't quarrel. Under the power of God, I forgive people's mistakes. Under the power of God, I am merciful and kind. Under the power of God, I will do nothing to destroy you. Because I have an instruction to even love my enemy. That is, even if you are my enemy. Is it under the power of God, I have no reason to hurt my enemy, even though I know he's my enemy. Because under God's power, God is able to handle your enemies without your help. And, and what you don't know is that he's an enemy. So ask to accomplish something great in you. 
if he was a friend, you would have not done what God wants you to do. Yeah. Paul wrote to explain to the Gentiles that the Jews became an enemy of God so that you can get a space. Sometimes God will allow somebody to reject you so that another person can get an opportunity to accept you. Oh, yes, yes. So stop crying about who rejected you and think about who is accepting me. Because, you see, the one who is accepting you will give you an opportunity. Your gifts will manifest. The one that you wanted to accept you, if he had accepted you, you have no role to play in his life. Some of you wives who marry and then you start complaining about your husband, think twice. Hey, please, let me stay out of this. Let me preach. No, 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 no. let me preach. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm out. I'm not staying there. I'm here. I'm in the middle lane. So listen. And remember, I told you I'm preaching for 15 minutes. So I can't go on the tour. I can't go on the tour of the city. But you see, what I want us to understand, which I believe is a deep revelation, is that forgiveness of sins is not the end point of your relationship with Jesus. The end point of your relationship with Jesus is to be free from the power of Satan. That is the end point. So until that is accomplished, your salvation is not complete. You see, the disciples were rejoicing over what was not necessary. They were rejoicing when they get in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus gave them the authority to go out. And when they came back, they were very happy. He said, the demons are subject to us. And they were rejoicing. And Jesus told them that that is not a cause for rejoicing. The real cause of rejoicing is that your name is in the book of life. So in other words, in other words, before you start to rejoice over demons obeying you, check and make sure that your name is in the book of life. Because you can easily focus yourself on demons obeying you and subject to you. And meanwhile, you are doing things that has made your name out of the book of life. Were there not people who came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 and said, we cast out demons in your name, in your name we heal the sick, we did all those things. And Jesus says, away with you, I don't know you. Because, you see, they were attracted by the demons and everything obeying them. But, you see, they needed to have found out whether what they were doing is what God wants them to do. It may feel nice for demons to be running away as you speak to them. But is that what you are being asked to do? Hallelujah. Good. So I hope you understand this. That the end point of your salvation is to be under the power of God and not under the power of Satan. Now, today, I want to draw your attention to something very important in relation to this. How do we come under the power of Satan? How do we come under the power of Satan. 
The truth is, it can be different ways. There are different ways by which a person can come under the power of Satan. But one of the ways that I believe the Lord will want to have us know is having our own vision. Did you hear what I said? Having your own vision. Having your own desire. I'm not saying having a desire. Having your own desire. Is one of the subtle, softest ways by which you come under Satan's influence. What are you saying? So I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to have a desire. Please, I'm saying that having your own desire, having your own vision, is one of the ways by which we come under Satan's Prove it. Let's go. Genesis chapter 2. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2 that God had a vision. A vision of building a beautiful place. Or God had a vision of sorting out the world that he has created. Genesis chapter 1 is not beginning of the world. It's not the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 between verse 1 and verse 2 is a gap. Just remember or just know it. We met the story was being told in the middle not at the very beginning. Please put it in. Okay. So here was God. He has created everything. And the Bible says he formed man. Please look for it. He formed man and put him in the garden. And and trusted him. Please do King James. Don't do. When, when I want NLT, I'll tell you. Do you get it? Man became a living soul. And then what did he do? Verse 8. Well, just look for the verse where he gave man the responsibility of manning the garden. And he put man there that he had formed. And what did he say to him? Please, let's preach together. Let's preach together. And out of the ground made the Lord grow every tree. And the Lord God put man in the garden to do what? To do what? And to keep it. Is that not a vision of God for man? 
He, he put him there and said, keep it. This is what I want you to do. And then God began to realize the needs of man. That, okay, I've created him, I've given him what I want him to do for me. Say, man, then he, you see, when man was created and put there for what God wants to do, man didn't go and tell God, I need a wife. God said, it is not good for a man to be alone. So he created man. So, you see, what I'm trying to explain to you here is that God has a vision for you and for me. But I can also say confidently that with his vision for you and for me, it does not mean he will neglect us. In other words, it does not mean he will neglect our needs. Because he found that man needed companion. So God created for man a companion. And gave them the liberty, the freedom to manage what he had done for them. Say, I have a vision for you. I came with the idea that let us make man in our own image. Let us have man to till and to... You see, God provided everything he wants man to do before man came. But what happens? Chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than any... The word is subtle. The word word is subtle, not rough. Very crafty. And that is Satan for you. Very crafty. You know, some of you ladies or some of you men, you can understand what I'm talking about. That you have been to places where you didn't want to go. But before you realized, you were there. I don't know what place you went, but let's not go into details. At least once it makes you understand what I'm talking about, let's all keep quiet and keep moving. <laughs> so the Bible says, the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Ha! Ah, Did God really say that you shouldn't eat of every tree of the garden? Of course, that's what God said. Of the tree, particular tree. The woman said, oh, no, it's not every tree. But there's a particular one he said we shouldn't touch. And we shouldn't eat. Meanwhile, God didn't say you shouldn't touch. You see, people don't understand sometimes the little things we add to the word of God. How it makes a big difference. Because if God had not said, don't touch it, but you tell Satan that God says I shouldn't touch it or eat it, Satan knows what God has said. Because why would he come and ask Eve what God said? He heard it. I said he heard it. So Satan knows what God has said. So if you add to it, the small portion that you add to it will become his entry point. Because God has not said don't touch it. And you say God said you shouldn't touch it. When Satan tempts you to touch it, when you touch it, nothing will happen. Because God didn't say don't touch it. But you see, you're touching it and nothing happening makes you now begin to question the rest of God's commandments. Which actually, that one he has said. So the woman said, But of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it. 
lest you die. Seriously? I'll touch it and you see. Of course, because God didn't say don't touch it. But you see, that was the entry point. Now, what happens is that Satan came and said, no, 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 no. When you eat it, something nice will happen to you. Your life will be better than it is. So the woman, let's go, let's go. Go on. He said, he said for God, for God, go, go back. He said, for God knoweth that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you should be, you should be as God, knowing good and evil. The Bible says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to and the tree to be desired to make one wise. So she had a desire, a desire of wanting to be better than God has made her. And that was the entry point. You see, many people will lose their salvation because of their own desires. Oh, yes. Many, I'm, I'm here what I'm here, what, hear what I'm saying carefully. That you have known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That has brought you deliverance from the power of Satan. But Satan would always want to recapture you. You see, if Satan was brave to go to Jesus, remember Satan knew Jesus as Jesus and yet he was not afraid to tempt him. What makes you think that Satan will be afraid to get capture you back? Even Jesus, the one born of the Holy Ghost, he did not spare him in his test or in, in his temptation. He went and told him that if you bow and worship me, you have everything. But Jesus said, there's nothing that I should want that will make me bow and worship you. I will not want for myself what God has not given to me. So the Bible says it is the the seeing and the desiring that it will make you wise. That made her obedient to Satan and therefore came under the power of Satan. Now, the same thing that happened to them is what can happen to you now that you have received Jesus Christ. You see, when you didn't know Jesus, you can have your own desire. And even that desire is not yours. It's Satan implanted. Oh, yes. Time will not allow me. It's it's Satan implanted completely. And in the end, we end up destroying ourselves. But you see, the key is to now, when you are now that you are born again, to give up your desire and embrace the desire of God for you. You see, in the desire of God for you, every provision of your life will be met. And everything your life needs to manifest the goodness of God, it will be present. Oh, yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And above all, above all, it will keep you safe under the power of God. 
They escape because it, you, it is by our desires. I said it is by our desires that we come under the power of Satan. Nothing, nothing. It's a desire. The desire that is contrary to the desire of God for you is what brings you under the power of Satan. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. And you see, if you don't, you see, this, this particular message applies to those that are born again. If you are truly born again, make no mistake. The end result of your salvation is not forgiveness of your sins, but it's for God to, for you to be under the power of God. Because under the power of God, the works of your life will be pleasing to him. The works of your life will be eternal. The works of your life will have re- eternal rewards. The works of your life will make your life beautiful in his presence. That is, that is the key. But you see, our own desires. What does the Bible say about those that desire to be rich? In, in 1 Timothy 6, I think 6 and 7, it says that for godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into this world, and we shall go out of this world with nothing. Having food and raiment, let us there we be content. For, for godliness with contentment is great gain. Then they, it goes on to say, for they that will be rich, I think verse 8 or verse 9, it says, for they that will be rich, for they that will be, fall into temptation and a snare, what does the NLT say of this verse? How does the NLT put it? It says, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation. You see, it is a longing to be rich that makes you prone into temptation. But let me tell you something. You don't have to long to be rich to be rich. That, that's, that's what I'm trying to say to you. You don't have to long to be rich to be rich. Because you see, riches, like a wind, can be brought to you by working in certain principles. Most people get rich without intending to be rich. Oh, Yes. Can I tell you something? You see, if, if you are not lazy, if you are not lazy, and you are diligent, and you are wise, you'll be rich. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you see, the people... The people that strive to be rich, if they were, and especially born again Christians, I feel sad for people that are born again and push their being born again aside in pursuit of riches. Because, you see, for somebody with a drive to make things happen, if you follow God, things will happen for you. Because, you see, what it takes to prosper without God, that, that character, 
that strength, that effort, if you came with the same thing in your work with God, it will, you will prosper. Let me give you an example. An example is Paul. You see, the apostle Paul was a character. People don't like things, but not everybody takes it to work up level like the way he did. I'm explaining something to you. People don't like things, but not everybody takes it to work up level like the way he did. The, the high priest did not call him to send him. He went to them and said, send me. I want to finish your job for you. A hardworking, dedicated to his cause. When Christ found him, I said, when Christ found him and took him, he didn't fail Jesus. I mean, we as at now, it's almost like he was there before the other apostles. We didn't hear much of Peter. I mean, even Peter, if everything had depended on Peter, many things would have failed. We would not be born again. Because when he associated with the Gentiles and the Jews came, he, he withdrew to the point that Paul had to rebuke him. So I'm trying to show you that the fact that, you see, the fact that when you are born again, you don't have to pursue your own desire. Does not mean you, there's no desire for you to pursue. God has a desire for you. God has a vision for you. If you give yourself to the vision of God, the prosperity that you are wanting, it will come to you. Oh, yeah. But it will come to you without you coming under the power of Satan. That's, that's the difference. That is the difference. The difference is that choosing the way of God and following that which God has said for you, choosing that I no longer live for myself, but I live for Jesus who died and rose again for me, it will still bring you the prosperity, but not under the power of Satan. Jesus Christ's rejection of Satan's offer did not deprive him of having power over the whole world. You see, it may be difficult or it may sound difficult in the way that God chooses. But I can tell you that it is easier and safer in the way that God chooses. But they, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. You want to be rich? I promise you, you'll be rich. I said, I promise you, you'll be rich. But choose the way of God. The way of God is seeking first the kingdom of God. You see, what it is is that accepting to choose the way of God would bring your, the motives of your heart in alignment with that which is pleasing to God. And in blessing, he will bless the work of your hand. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Why do you want to be rich? I want to be rich so that the kingdom of God can go far. So I'm doing that. So it's even, even when you are working, why am I working? Why am I making these moves? So that I can take God's, I can take the gospel far. You see, what happens is that your heart gets right. And the things that trap people don't, are not able to trap you. That's the point. Because, you see, go, go back to the, uh, uh, John, uh, say John, uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 9. You see, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation. How do they fall into temptation? The longing to be rich is the bait by which you are drawn. Ah, is that not what, thank you, is that not what uh, 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 James says in James 4, uh, uh, is it 4-7 or 4-something? That when you are tempted, say not, I'm tempted, for God cannot be tempted, neither tempt he any man with evil. But everyone, when he's, he's, he's drawn by his own lust, Please, you always use King James. It's easy. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. Or what, 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 what does the NLT say for the word lust? His own lust. Own desires. I said own desires. Not God's desires. Own desires. Your safety, your safety is not in your own desires. Your safety is taking the desire of God to be your, your desire. Oh, yes. And I can promise you, I can promise you, Victor, if you believe what I'm saying, you will see your life. But if you don't believe it, your Christianity will not profit you. I hope you will believe it. What is your own desires? That is where Satan Satan's door is your own desires. Yes, I want a better life for myself. But God has showed you a way to have a better life. Find out which way has God shown for a better life. It is, don't, I'm not saying don't want to have a better life for yourself. But choose the better life that God has shown that this life is a better life. That's the key. The key is have a desire, have an ambition, but let your desire be the desire of God for you. Let your desire be the desire of God for you. There's safety in it. I said there's safety in it. Because remember, the whole thing is about power. Whose power you come under. It's not, I don't know whether it's getting rich at any cost. I don't want to get rich at any cost. I want to get rich at the cost that God has prescribed. I, I, don't, I want to be rich, but I don't want to be rich at any cost. I want to be rich at the prescribed cost of God. Because, because in that riches, I will be safe. I said, in those riches, I'll be safe. Yeah. 
Many Christians don't understand this. So God says, when you wake up in the morning, let your heart be my kingdom. It doesn't mean other things cannot have a place in your heart. But let my kingdom be first. When my kingdom is first in your heart, Satan can never mislead you. Oh, yeah. When my kingdom, when the reason why you are seeking for one million or 20 million is so that my kingdom will prosper in your hands, Satan cannot get you. And you will get the one million and you will get it in a safe way. Oh, yeah. But most of us don't understand this. I don't know what's in your heart. And I don't know what's your desire. But you have to have a desire. I said, you have to have a desire. But let us check. Who is the source of the desire in you? Is it your own desire? Uh Uh-uh. Adopt the desire of God for you. I said, adopt the desire of God for you. What God has not desired for you, don't desire for yourself. I said, what God has not desired for you, don't desire for yourself. You open the door to Satan into your life. Though you are born again, and you are supposed to inherit the promises of God. You are supposed to inherit the riches of God. Satan would have access to you because your desire, the origin of it, is not from God. What God wants me to be is what I want to be. Am I a chosen, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people? I want to be a peculiar person. I want to be a priest unto God. I want my life to show forth the praises of him that has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what I want. You know, yesterday, I was standing at Apache and the, the first love people were having service. And I said, thank you, God, that I can have a people have church because I gathered them and taught them your word. Now, with or without me, they know you. I'm grateful. Oh, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I said, I'm grateful. You say, how does that make me rich? Watch and see. I said, watch and see. Watch and see. But please, don't envy me when I always have to eat and I have to drive. Because the more people that do the work of God, the more people will remember me and say, we are what we are because you gave your life. Bishop Dad doesn't need to tell me to remember him. I remember him always because I am what I am because he gave his life. Look, God has a beautiful way of prospering you without you coming under the power of Satan. I pray that you believe it. I pray that you walk in it. Look, in your businesses and in everything, place God first. Say, Lord, I want this business to glorify your name. And speak to it 
as you submit yourself unto God and unto his word, the demonic powers that are fighting your efforts at accomplishing will also submit to your instructions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't think that God is not interested in your business. God is very interested in your business. God is interested in your business. But he wants your heart first to him. And you will see that once your heart is to him, he would organize your business. And when the rivers are running dry, your river will never run dry. It will never run dry. There will always be a, a, a door that will open unto you because he has your heart and you are under his power. I said you are under his power. He cannot deny when he has your heart towards him. He cannot deny that you are not his. And he has to prove himself. You see, even me as a human being, when people submit their lives to me and say, I will do what you say I should do, I feel so responsible for their lives. It's not funny. I said, I feel so responsible for their lives. It's not funny. Even me, a human being, without the power to create, when people submit themselves to me, I feel so responsible for their lives. It's like you cannot let this life fail. Whatever you have to do to make this life a success, do it. Therefore, I throw all my resources at them. How much more God? How much more God? I said, how much more God? Listen, today, if you didn't hear anything, the message is very simple. Having your own desires is the only reason by which you come under the, or is one of the main reasons by which you come under the power of Satan. But when you adopt the desire of God for you as your desire, Satan will never be able to access you. And whatever you desire, you will find it that God has already desired it for you. Yeah. Let's rise to our feet. I wanted to talk to God. I wanted to talk to God. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. And ask him to make things the way he wants it in your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I wanted to talk to God. He will hear you. And he will do for your life. He has a beautiful plan for your life. He has a purpose to glorify himself in your life. Your life will never be ashamed. No, no, no. 20 years down the line, when you look back on your life, all you can say is God has been good to me. You will know that God has been in charge of you because you believed him and did everything to come under his power. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes.
Thank you, Jesus. To be pleasing you, pleasing you. This is what I really want to do. To be pleasing you. To be pleasing you, pleasing you. This is what I really want to do. Oh, to be pleasing you, pleasing you. This is. Christ as the Son of God. Receive him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Believe in his death and resurrection and you will come under his power because of your belief. 
every head bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor, I want to believe in Jesus as the Son of God who came to die for my sins. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high. You want to say, Pastor, I want to believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Lift up your right hand. Don't be shy. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to pray with you wherever you are standing. Wherever. Just lift up your right hand so that I can see and pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Do I see any hand that is lifted up? Thank you, Jesus. Lift it up high, right hand, so that I can pray with you. Thank you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we give you praise. We know your will shall be our will. What you desire for us is what we shall desire for ourselves. That we may walk safely under your power. For by your mercies and by your grace, you have delivered us from the power of Satan. And we shall continually remain under your power as you teach us your truth. We know our lives will prosper. And as I stand as your servant, I rebuke every sickness that is operating in any life, be it physical, be it spiritual. I rebuke every confusion and I pray for clarity of minds. I pray that Lord, by your spirit, we shall have a revelation of the right steps to take in life. And we shall take and walk in them. And our prosperity, our increase, and our success shall be to the glory of your name. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.